0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: My name is Raina Starr. Dorian Wallace should be joining us momentarily. And before we get started with the first of our two shows today, Desperate House Witches is not a G, P, G, R, or even an X rated show. So if dirty language, bad talk, bodily functions, or anything else I might say will offend you, you may not want to stay. But I'm hoping you do anyway. Uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredible one herself, Dorothy Morrison, WickedWitchStudios.com. She is doing her May mystery boxes. They come in two or three different sizes, variable uh, items in there. And Dorian Walls is about to pop on momentarily. Hi. no. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Uh, But before we start our show, uh, we just wanted to say thank you to Dorothy Morrison. Go to WickedWitchStudios.com, pick up a mystery box. They're always fantastic. Oh, they come in the varieties of small, large, with or without card reading, with or without autographed copy of the newest offering, the reprint, reissue of Utterly Wicked. So we're really excited about that. And if you need it shipped internationally, check out theangrycauldron.com. So today's guest, yay, is the amazing <laughs> Lilith Dorsey, who we've been wanting to talk to for quite some time. But hi, sis! Glad you're here.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm so sorry because I swear I did not realize the time changed. So my bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, we actually have two shows today, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a strange day, we get that. But anyway, <laughs> it's a little bit of a strange written, year. Yeah, well, it's been a strange everything for sure. So, yeah. Lilith, let's 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 dive in. What do you want to talk about? Is there anything aside from the book that you need to mention, any shout-outs or anything you want to do? Yeah, well, first, let me just say thank you so much for having me on
2: the show. I love you guys, and I love the show, and I love Dorothy Morrison, and, and, you know, I'm excited, despite everything, that I could still uh, get to do this, you know, and... I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's helped me through, you know, the process of putting this book together and now even, you know, promoting it during the pandemic. It's very difficult. And, uh, you know, my family, my friends, my spiritual family, everybody's really stood by me and done their best to support me at this time. And I am eternally grateful for that.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the book is called Orishas, Goddesses, and Voodoo Queens, which really cool title. Give you all the information about what they're going to find inside, which mm-hmm. is a lot. I mean, it is a lot of information. It's it's like a history of all the possibilities. I didn't know what a loa was before. I didn't know what an orisha was before. I mean, I'm getting an education here. I've got to say.
2: Well, I mean, I think that's something that's missing from a lot of books today. You know, I did my undergrad and my grad in anthropology, and, you know, the history of where these energies come from is really important to me, you know, and I think that, yeah, we can go out and learn how to mix up a spell for this lower orisho or, you know, a recipe for them that would be used in ceremony, but if we know that this is what's been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years, I think that gives us a different different perspective on the things that we're doing and and a whole, you know, better understanding about what we're actually doing and trying to connect to.
1: Yeah. Can you explain to the folks what the difference is from all the different titles? Yeah, sure. I
2: mean, this book went through a bunch of different titles, but we finally settled (laughs) on Arisha's Goddesses and Buddha Queens. I would have put Loas in there as well, but... Um, both Loa and Orisha are names that we use in the ATRs or African traditional religions. Orishas are usually for people who practice Lakumi or Santeria or Candomble. Some of those are the traditions that people might be familiar with. And in those things, they're called Orisha. Basically, it means spirit of the head if you were going to translate just the actual word down. So it has to do with the fact that people who are in the religion or in the traditions, you know, they have sort of like a guardian energy that sees them through life and helps inform what they do and how they do things and and what circumstances are going to come up. And, you know, it's, it's complicated. I did my best to explain it in the book, but it's a really complicated system, but through divination. People can figure out which one of the Orisha is guiding them and then, you know, work on aligning themselves with that. The loas are slightly different. I mean, it was more along the lines of you would have a family loa and the sense of that you would have this kind of spirit or divinity or sacred energy that worked with your family and it would help your family you know generation after generation after generation but they function in the same way almost in the same way as goddesses i don't like to say or gods i don't like to say they're the same thing because people think that's blasphemous and i ain't trying to offend nobody if i'm trying to offend someone they'll know <laughs> it <laughs> So, well, I'm you know, I'd, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to offend a few people, but yeah, that, but, uh, you know, some people who are more familiar with working with gods and goddesses, I think it helps them to understand that that they're very similar in that way. You know, I just don't like to just use that word because it is slightly different you know, in the sense that it's really part of someone who's who's in the tradition, you know, it's like, it determines what they eat, what colors they wear, how they do their hair, you know, the sacred songs they get to sing in ritual, the music they play, it really informs everything. So it, it does have that character to it, but it's that and so much more attached to it. And I think a lot of people who are unfamiliar with it, it that's something that's sort of, you know, intense and fascinating to them. And it's always been intense and fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fascinating to me, and I'm clueless, obviously, not African-American or African or Haitian or anybody that you would normally associate, and I was kind of curious. I wanted to get your take on, you know, folks like me who might be interested in pursuing that more. Is that something that is allowable, because I don't like to step on toes, but but I want to know things. And some folks have a hard time with, like, well, what does this white girl want? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
2: cultural. Yeah. I mean, I think that,
1: yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely
2: against appropriation. But I, I think the fact of the matter is that there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily, you know, African or African American or Caribbean American that are in the traditions. And what I usually advise people to do is, you know, I mean, everybody needs a teacher. So, you know, Get a reading. Seek out somebody who's in the community that knows what they're talking about and is respected in the community, you know. These days everybody loves to talk about the bad stuff that everybody does. So if there's somebody you shouldn't go to, chances are just a little bit of digging. You'll find that out real fast, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, woman who left somebody with heads in a bag at the airport, you know. Like there's a lot of stories right. like that.
0: What? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, okay, I got to hear
0: that. You, know, you said I could curse, so people do
2: some fun yeah, kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a story about, and I'm sure most people that are in the know listening to this, there's a story about uh, somebody who's a uh, Haitian Vodou mambo in the tradition in New England who, you know, years ago, the story that everybody has heard is that, you know, she was bringing people back from Haiti and uh, they got stopped at customs and she just left them there. And there was a bunch of body parts and stuff in the bag and other, you know, so, you know, I wouldn't sign on with that, I can tell you that. So, But there are oh a lot my of good people out there. Yeah, there's some shifty yeah. stuff going on. It's It's it got Ooh. nothing on Wicca, let me tell you. There's some intense <laughs> stuff going on out there. Oh,
1: intense, well, intense, intense in Wicca, stuff. I can tell you. Yeah. I mean, we've got, yes. a, we've got a pair of shit, trust me. I didn't realize anybody could be as fucked up as we are, but I guess everybody has their own brand, so... Yeah, everybody does <laughs> uh, their own thing. So they do, I, they I do. Wanted, I know. I wanted to mention your beautiful tribute to Dr. John, of whom I was a big fan. Um, so that was really cool, and I, I felt like Mac needed a mention in all of this. I felt like I was getting tapped on the head to say, hey, mention
0: me.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Talk about <laughs> Mac for a little bit, you know. it's I love Mac.
2: You know, he was a dear friend you know, a total mentor for me, like he was almost, you know, no disrespect to any of his children or grandchildren, but it really was like he was a dad to me because my own dad was so shitty and crappy and everything like that, and, you oh, know, Mac was just such a wonderful person. It's okay, you know, <laughs> a lot of my teachers have said that, you know, you, you find the people you need in life, you know, and when I started dancing for him and, and choreographing for him, it was just so wonderful and I, I did that for years you know and I wrote the book you know I finished it I think I handed it in maybe a month or two before he passed you know and uh, you know we knew he was sick and we knew there were problems and uh, it was just such a sad thing you never want to think that day is going to come you know but when it yeah. did it was it was really really sad you know but I got to say goodbye and I got to go to the tribute and uh you know, I guess that's all you can hope for under the circumstances. But I miss him. I do miss him, you know, a lot. And yeah. uh, he told me once, you know, he's like, oh, oh, the dance is great and all the rest of this is great. But what's really important is the words and, and putting things down in your books, you know. And I just wanted yeah. to remember him, you know, when I wrote this, you know. And uh, he he just did so much for everybody, you know, at his service Ivan Neville got up and he said, um, no, not Ivan, Cyril Neville got up and he talked about, you know, there wouldn't be black and white people on the stage in America if it wasn't for Dr. John, you know what I mean? He was so groundbreaking and allowing New Orleans culture and and African-American people there to really get the attention that they deserve, you know, in the music there. So, you know, but yeah, I miss him. I miss him every day.
1: Yeah, he yeah. was my very first exposure to anything like that, you know. I mean, I was like, this guy's great. Cause the first, you never, you know, because when, you know, the first hit came out, I was just, you know, a teenager, kid, um, however you want to call it. But it was like, oh, I love this, you know. Everybody was into it. And then it was like, got to see him live. Never saw him live. Saw him on TV. Thought he was the coolest thing ever. But, yeah. I just I was like but when but when I saw the picture of you dancing with him, I was like Wait a minute, she's so young I mean, I thought you were like, you know, in your thirties, early thirties. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, thank you. But <laughs> my daughter's thirty. I won't say how old I am, but my daughter turns thirty uh-uh. this year. So no. <laughs> oh
0: my God, congratulations. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to celebrate when this is all over, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know How it's you start a, dealing with it? It's hard, you know. I've lost family and friends, and it's a really hard time right now. You know, things are way intense. I'm in Brooklyn, you know, for those of you who don't know. So it's way yeah. intense here. And, uh, you know, I I've been apologizing to people lately just because I'm not, you know, on social media twenty times a day and, and doing yeah. all the things of writing a blog, you know, and and all of those things every day like I usually do, you know, just because it's been a lot for my family and, and you know, both my direct blood family and my spiritual family here in the city. It's been a lot, you know. So I'm
1: so sorry. And, yeah certainly unexpected no go ahead <laughs> definitely unexpected and that's def- difficult at best so i think folks are you know i think folks are also dealing with their own stuff in addition to everybody else dealing with their i mean nobody knows how to navigate this thing really so it's it's yeah. been hard for all of them to a certain extent you know so but you know yeah yeah the- to bring it back to the book, one of the things I loved, and I know I had asked you about your cookbook. Before I realized and started reading your current book, I was like, "Oh, I want this this cookbook that you that you had put out years, you know, a couple of years ago." And I'm like, and then I start reading this book, and I notice there's recipes in there, and how to set a table for which goddess or Ishi or Risha, or you know, whoever it is you're trying to work with, and Candles, and I mean, you really put together a complete book. I have to tell you, very impressed. Oh, thank you. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I tried, I
1: tried. I mean, my cookbook.
2: You know, it used to be in print. Now it's only an e book. But, you know, I wrote that probably 10, 15 years ago, you know. And when I was coming up with this, I realized there were so many more recipes and so much, you know, once you've been doing something for 15, 20 years, you have a much better understanding of it. Not that what was in the first book was wrong, but it was just, you know, maybe level two or level three, whereas, like, this is level, you know, 100. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that you can do and can't do. And, uh, you know, but I think especially at this time when when people are home and they're cooking a lot more and stuff, there's a lot of simple things you can do just for offering, you know, not in the sense of, oh, well, if I make you this cake, you better give me a lover to come over and here and you know, I need a dance
1: art. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not how it works.
2: But if you want to just lead them something of course you can always do that you know what I mean and and without asking for anything just to sort of acknowledge that these energies exist in the universe and a lot of what we do especially in the beginning of the traditions really is just all about honoring them and connecting with them and, and, and things like that so I tried to put a lot of those beginner things in there in the book that people can do, even if they just want to do something, you know, especially now, maybe you can't get out and go find a teacher right away, or you can't go to your local botanica because, you know, maybe it's not open or maybe you don't feel safe or whatever. There's still things you yeah. could do at home to connect, you know, and it's really beautiful. Yeah. A lot of, I gave a lot of shout outs too in the book to a lot of my favorite musicians, you know, the Dragon Rubs Roll drummers and Riva Dave and, you know, a lot of people who are doing sacred music which I think is, is so important at this time too to be able to just sort of connect in that way with some of the sacred things and music has the power to sort of transport places and other realms and, and I think we all need a little bit of that right now well, Yeah. a
0: lot mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little
2: bit a lot as my godmother used to say yeah, yeah,
1: I, like yeah. Such a... I didn't hear you say that again
0: I was saying I, I, I like that saying a little bit a lot. I like that.
2: Yeah, my yeah. uh Pantaria godmother, uh Aleye, she used to say that all the time and uh She passed, oh, two years ago, Salon, you know, so I miss her a lot. And all my godbrothers and sisters miss her a lot. And and she had a lot of great things. One of the things I loved about her was, you know, she was a Santera and a high priestess and and all these other things. But she also had her doctorate in psychiatry, which anybody who's been around the community for a while knows that. (laughs) That can
0: come in handy. (laughs)
1: Listen, not for nothing. These are necessary skills that we are sorely missing right now. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. a, A lot of people talk about tower time. You know, one of the writers in North Carolina, Byron Ballard has been talking about tower time for a really long time where the system breaks down and everything falls apart. And, uh, Yeah, it's happening. So it's, it's, (laughs) you know, when we're looking at a situation where it's about to be, you know, worse potentially worse than depression, um, I think a lot of people are going to wind up, not even because they want to, but because they have to go back to basics and go back to, you know, working magic and, you know ancestor veneration at a very ground level, without all the trinkets and toys that we like. you know what I mean, so I think your book is really needed right now i mean it' it's I know you didn't plan for it this way, but it does it does talk about things you know that you can do that are not. you know, not needing extras, you know, like I said, the pretty trinkets and stuff. It's very basic, and I think, you know, worship is going to have a resurgence as a real thing in the daily life, because I know a lot of, you know, folks these days, there's so much going on, and, you know, lots of folks, in addition to what they like to do, have to have a day job, have to do this, have to do that, and sometimes the gods get, kind of pushed aside and I think they're making a comeback what do you think oh yeah definitely
2: you know I mean I start the book off talking about our foremothers and and you know to a lesser extent forefathers you know and and I thought it was interesting because my aunt uh, texted me this morning and she found this picture of my great-great-grandmother and my great-great-great-great-grandfather you know and I was like wow This is intense, you know, and I've been doing a lot of thinking lately about them, you know, trying to make it through the 1918 pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and just they dealt with these things before. We all have ancestors that dealt with these things before. So as hard as it is, you know, this is something that they had wisdom on. They went through the experience and they either made it or didn't, but they they got skills, you know, and, and we can access that if if we have the stillness, despite all the frenzy and crazy and chaos that's going in to sort of really listen and take that time out to honor them and, and to listen to what it is they're trying to tell us, you know, that can help us get through this. So I think that, sure. yeah, you're right. I think everybody's going to need it. It's some serious tower times, as she says. And, and when I saw her talking about that, I was like, yeah. This is true, you know, but it's, it's happened before and hopefully, you know, we can find our way through this and it's going to be different. I don't necessarily know it's better, but it's, it's certainly going to be different. And I hope one of the differences is that people do take more time to incorporate daily practice. I don't know how, somehow I actually seem to be busier now that I'm not, you know, (laughs)
0: up at five and
2: having to leave at seven. I don't know
0: how this happens. (laughs) (laughs)
1: really we're all supposed to be in one place and all of a sudden we're
0: everywhere
1: everywhere. what the hell yeah
2: (laughs) no
0: it's true true.
2: I don't know what that's about you know but I'm still you know just for virtue of the fact that we are inside our own four walls or inside our own properties and things like that I think it does allow us at least a slight bit of more time to focus on those things because instead of saying, oh, I should go light a candle and then having to go get it or remember to do it by the time you get home when you're tired and you're done with everything else, you know, this flexibility allows us, well, most of us don't have a commute anymore if we're not getting up and leaving or we're telecommuting, you know, so we can use five sure. minutes here, ten minutes here to try and remember them in our life and, you know, make offerings, leave things. Even when we're cooking, you know, that's one of my big things. I'm a big food I know that, you know, <laughs> it's hard now. Me, I don't have
1: delivery. <laughs> well, my sister's a great cook. So, I mean, you know, she's putting magic in everything she cooks. So, that's, you know, I'm used to having somebody in my life who does that on a constant basis.
2: And um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's a really good cook. And her gingerbread pudding sure? cake, to mention my favorite dessert that my sister makes. And she makes a gingerbread pudding cake that will not suck. Oh, my suck. gosh. Yeah. I'm just saying. She's amazing. Um, and her makeup is really Yes, she will make you one. She will make make us one. We'll share it together and we will actually talk about things in person, hopefully one day. But, I mean, you know, it concerns me. Well, there's things I love about this whole situation and there's things I hate. I have family who are almost dying that I cannot get to. um, So I understand that. And then there's the good things where I see people assisting each other in a really bad situation where people are sharing things and trying to help each other out. Because I think when you start breaking down the system, people become kinder because they have to look outward instead of inward. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, Yeah. But it's going to change. It's going to change how we practice. Our spirituality, because the idea of gatherings right now is just not
2: happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. hard. I mean, I've, I've got events that I've done for twenty five plus years, and it's just trying to wrap my mind around. Wait a minute, this is going to be the first time in two and a half decades that I will have not been at, at this place you know so that's really yeah. hard and and just you know it's it's you know i i don't want to say it, it's just, it's just not the same you know what i mean having a video yeah. conference yeah. with them or whatever you know <laughs> yeah it's not the same it's not the same so it's i not. think
0: but you're yeah, right i mean i think
2: cool. it is going to allow us to to have you know more of a i've always been a bit of a techno mage myself it is going to allow us to have a bit of kind of, you know, using that kind of connections with people, doing things like astral travel, doing things like, you know, remote viewing and stuff like that, because we have to now, you know, and and those skills are going to have to be honed. So um, I think that's something we can at least take out of it.
1: You know, I was going to say the plus on that. The plus on that is that I get to attend rituals now in New York that I wouldn't have been able to attend before. So I for me, it's kind of exciting. I mean, it changes things, but it's kind of exciting because I get to see more people than I would have because I can't necessarily afford to travel everywhere I want to go. So it's, it's I have such mixed emotions about all of this. I really have a hard time. It's a struggle for yeah. me. Yeah great too
2: (laughs) it is it's a struggle on every level you know what I mean it's it's like I said I'm busier now than I ever was before because I've got so many different you know whatever my normal ways of going and doing things have had to completely change you know so and then everything else gets more difficult too so that's you know yeah normally I would do three like I saw you guys last year and I did three events in three weeks you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. but now it's like, wait a minute i'm gonna have to do five events in three weeks you know so it's going to be a lot more intense in the sense for me anyway because it's like wait a minute now i have to do something you know every day whereas before there might have been one or two days in between and now it just really seems like every day every day you know
1: yeah (laughs) and these things but you're doing these things remotely right
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doing anything in person. I think there's still one that I'm scheduled for in the end of September, and we're all crossing our fingers that that's going to, Earth Warriors, we're all crossing our fingers that, you know, things are right. going to be okay uh, in time for for us to go do that. You know.
1: Yeah. So. I, we're We're waiting to find out if Mystic South is happening. I mean, a lot of events for July have canceled already. A lot of events for August have canceled already. It's it's yeah. something else. It you know a lot of things are getting pushed. You know between the worlds got pushed to next year, and uh, that was a surprise. You know being an, a former SCA person, Penzik War got canceled for the year. That was the wow. First, that was the that's first. never happened before, right? I feel like <laughs> never, never. It was going to be Pensick forty nine, and I've been going since Pensick eleven, and it's like what? Yeah. What do you? Mean? Yeah, I was going to say. I
2: know people who have gone for thirty years, so yeah, that's wow. That's intense. It's intense. Yeah, you know, so it's
1: crazy. But I mean, but again, on the flip side, you know, I, I. I understand what you mean about it being even more pressure because people feel like because you're stuck at home, you have, you know, well, you've got all this free time that you don't really necessarily have because you're still making life work. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah it's
1: like yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, making I know.
2: life work has got a lot more difficult you know what i mean like oh i answered my door i got to put on a mask and gloves and all the rest of this now you know what i mean like that's not a thing that yeah. i've ever even thought about you know so yeah Absolutely. yeah i'm just, I'm
1: just I when somebody know. delivers something i have to actually we have to have a negotiation conversation first of Are you going to touch the door? Are you going to call me first? Do you want me to come to the door? Do you want me to leave this outside? How do you want this situation to go down? (laughs) It's like, yeah. yeah, Yeah. A huge negotiation all of a sudden. It's like, holy shit. Speaking of shit, toilet paper is making a comeback. Meat is going away. How do you like that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> i know it's just crazy it's crazy you know i mean we had shortages from the very beginning luckily i am the kind of person who stocks up but there's certainly been just over the past you know since we got locked down there's now i think there's no milk around there's certainly no toilet paper or paper towels you know there meat we didn't have any meat a couple of weeks ago you know so it, yeah. it's rough you know
1: it is yeah, it's rough it's like rough And it's about to get rougher as far as the meat goes because of the plants having people infected. And they're trying to force the plants back open. And this fucknut in the house, I think, is seriously trying to kill all of us sometimes. I I, I really feel like he's you know, trying to just rid (laughs) all of the people that are not his, you know. Let's just get rid of everybody who doesn't like me, which is how it seems. Yep. Yep, Yep. you know. (laughs) One
0: one suggestion I have um I mean cuz we're we're mostly a plant-based family but we do occasionally incorporate meat but um we found that our local uh, one uh, one or two of our local farmers markets um they actually have home grown meats Oh that's um, nice you know. Yeah so it's it's,
1: hard to we in one though Huh? It's not that easy. It's not that easy to get that in Brooklyn, though. No, yeah, we don't have exactly. any farmers'
2: markets anymore. No, yeah. no. Yeah,
1: it's, it's it's yeah. When you have to start ordering your meat online, it's like, oh gosh, and the price of the packaging, and you know, a lot of people are are not knowing how to even make that happen right now. And it's going to be cost prohibitive, and who knows, only rich people will wind up being able to have meat if they want it. But it's just, you know, one of the things that I used to ask questions about was, you know, because every year things go up. Every year the rent goes up. Every year it costs more to do this. Every year it costs more to do that. How far can the system go before it breaks down before no one can afford anything and i think we're finally getting the answer to that because and part of it is you know telling people yeah we're going to we're not going to let you get evicted if you can't pay your rent which i thought was a brilliant move but there's got to be a point where you stop raising prices and pricing people out of being able to live you know so yeah. i'm hoping I'm hoping that this is what is going to change certain things about the way we have become a custom of living. You know, like rents do need to come down. You need to be able to provide housing for folks. When you level the playing field enough and enough people are out of work, no matter who's making what kind of money, because rich people have gotten hit for this too. You know, companies they yeah. have to close a lot of corporate, you know, not corporate giants per se, but you can't just sell to 20 or 30 companies and have that be the world. It doesn't work that way. So I really think the system is breaking down in a way that actually might eventually be beneficial for another generation. Not necessarily us, sorry, but another generation. No,
2: I hope so. I mean, I think, unfortunately, what I've seen is I've seen a bunch of people that are like, you know, happy they got their stimulus checks and then i've seen a bunch of people who were disabled or on social security that either just got it or still haven't gotten it you know what i mean so i I think like you were saying before i think it's it's pushing things to the extreme and hopefully there are changes for the better but there's going to be people that are you know not going to be able to make it and, and that makes me really sad you know, and we're talking about people. We lost a community leader this week, Corey Taylor. You know, my heart goes out yeah. for her son. I lost my brother-in-law last week. My heart goes out for his daughter. You know, I mean, these people are never yeah. going to have their parents back. You know, and their and their kids, and it's just so sad. You know, yeah,
1: it's so it sad. Is. Yeah. You know, the being a, a native New Yorker, one of the things that gives me a lot of pride about being it. Well, just the fact that I'm a New Yorker gives me a lot of pride. Some people say, not appropriate, but I really don't care. Um, But seeing them, you know, be outside and show love to the healthcare workers at 7 o'clock every night is just amazing. And I cry every time I see a video of it because I'm a big child. (laughs) But it reminds me of why I'm so proud to be a New Yorker. You know, seeing that reminds me of a lot of who I am, which is really super cool. And uh, unfortunately, I can't come and see my Ellen family. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's
2: you terrible.
1: Know. Yeah, but it, terrible. it is what it is. And, you know, there's also a certain thing about it's taken out of your hands. It At first, sure. when I first found out my aunt was ill, um, she's been on dialysis now for a couple of months. Actually, since the pandemic started is when they put her on dialysis, and that was sudden and unexpected, and almost no kidney function. One kidney completely shut, the other one mostly shut. So you know, yeah. but there's but I can't do anything about it. I can only wait. That's it.
2: No, it's you hard. know, my
1: mother, my mother just turned eighty she could go any minute, who knows, you know what I mean? Can't do anything about it, so I just deal with it as best as I can. I can't have any guilt because I can't do anything. So part of that is it's just out of my hands, and I'm trying to look at it from a more pragmatic perspective, you know? No, it's true, it's true. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do, really, you know? But I wanted to ask you, are there any specific goddesses that are appropriate to maybe make contact with during this craziness? I mean, I think it's probably
2: going to be different for each person. Most of our uh, ones that have to, I know there's people that pray to St. Rock for infectious disease. Some people pray to Babaluye or Sampono for um, mm-hmm. plagues and, and, again, you know, things that are diseases and stuff like that. So people have been lighting candles and doing that. But I I think, you know, people's best bet would probably just be doing some sort of, you know, divination. Like, is it going to help me right now? I tell everybody they need to have a good yes, no. Is it going to be helpful? And what did my, you know, I was talking about my godmother, Yeo Shun, before she used to say, you know, is it for my most highest good to do this thing right now? I I always thought that was so beautiful because, you know what I mean, sometimes you could put all your energy and effort into something. It's not going to work anyway because, you know, some things just have to happen, you know, as, as sad as it is, that's, the way life is you know especially during a pandemic but maybe there's something else you could do to protect yourself or to protect you know your home or your loved ones or whatever, something that could be dipped to give you calm so you don't, you know, all these people, the two people we lost, one had a stroke and one had a heart attack and, and they were both, you know, relatively healthy, you know, so there's things that you can do maybe to calm your own anxiety in the moment because I don't think that's, you know, helping anybody to, you know, she also used to say, what good is worrying going to do? And I can hear her in my to the back of my <laughs> mind right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, you know. You know you know, maybe maybe it's something as simple as cook something for a neighbor or cook something for you know somebody who's, who's you know needs some help. I know my best friends been going around doing deliveries in New York for people that need things. You know what I mean? I think that doing something sometimes is helpful to people, and and there's always something somebody can do. You know, it could be magic or it could just be really practical, which is is sometimes even more
1: important. Yeah, we have an open neighbor that we look after so totally it it gives me somebody else to focus on which is very helpful
0: I don't even know my neighbors yet (laughs) (laughs) we we like seriously we just moved um March 17th like right before North Carolina got shut down so I I haven't even met anybody in the neighborhood
1: wow that's intense. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to feel that isolated. That I'm sorry, this. <laughs> That's awful.
0: No, it's okay. I mean, you know, I, I've I've waved to one, and one waved back to me. But the rest, it's like, you know, I try to wave, they don't see me. So I'm like, okay, I'll just wait till this is over. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually okay with it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. Let me settle into my place before I go bring in other people. Yeah, like I'm here. sure you
2: have a ton of stuff to do with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, Putting a new yeah, house together is a lot
1: of work as it is. You know. I yeah. I really it's, did not want to have to move right now, for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: But I, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm glad. thinking about
2: it. It's a secret. So yeah. but now I've said it on the podcast
1: so. Oh we oh, won't tell. Okay. Yeah. Worry, none of our 3,000 listeners will say a word to anybody. No, I'm
0: sure they no. won't.
2: Thank you very But I mean, there's still things you can do. You know what I mean? No, maybe it's not bringing them some food that you can still, you know, do what you can to protect your space and to make it a healing and happy space, you know? so.
1: And I don't think –
2: people used to get on me about ethics after I wrote my Love Magic book, you know, and and I said – you know, I mean, I think creating a space where things are healthy and happy is beneficial to everybody. I don't think that, you know, interfering with somebody's will or anything like that. I would never do something along those lines. Yeah. But I, I think making your space or your neighborhood very, you know, as, as healthy and happy as it can be is a good thing for everybody, you know. Yeah. Now, I'm not That's out cool. there in the middle of the night with sage like some people. Don't get me
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: got other stuff to take care of. What you Oh, excuse me. Well, stuff
1: happens. You know what I mean? I'm not naming any names, but stuff happens. would encourage folks to do during this is if you have a company that you work for either remotely or you're waiting for them to reopen for whatever reason, send a blessing on that. I mean, don't just, it, it's, it's time to think more outwardly. Like, And if you're somebody who stays home, um, then bless your, your partner's money or, or company or however the cash flow comes in. Because even though you think, well, they're fine, they're a company, blah, 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 they have this and that, they may, A, they may not, because this yeah. has hit everyone. But by the same token, if their money benefits you, you need to put a blessing on that. Absolutely. Think outside the box. Think outside the box that is your house. <laughs> um, yeah. Spread. spread Put some magic out there. Make some shit happen, you know. Make the conditions right that everybody can have some semblance of, of normal in their work and their play. I mean, it's not just about our own personal people. I mean, yes, it, it is, like you said, Lilith, it's really important to make the space receptive and, and loving and cool and happy and a good place to be. But in order to get things back to some kind of productivity, I think we need to have an outward approach on that as well. What do you think?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, the only other thing I would add is, you know, for, like, clarity and creativity in these things. You know, my daughter manages two really large restaurants, and uh, up until uh-huh. yesterday, they weren't allowed to have anybody in the restaurant so, you know, she's doing curbside delivery. She's doing regular delivery. They're doing meal kits. They're doing wine delivery. You know what I mean? There's, there's other ways for people, and they've stayed open, you know, and they're still paying everybody. Yeah. So I think that there's, there's yeah. sometimes Great. clarity and creativity in the situation also helps, you know, in figuring out how to make sure everybody gets what they need in the situation.
1: That's, Absolutely. That's brilliant. People have had to become so creative and so smart and, you know, human beings are pretty amazing. We're very adaptable. I mean, trust me, for two weeks I did nothing but cry. From the minute I realized there was a problem,
0: yeah.
1: on the like the 14th of March until the end of March, I would go to work in the morning, come home and cry all night every night because I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. And then... You know, you start, we adapt, man. We get used to shit, even fucked yep. up shit, which which is why people say, yeah. and if you're wondering why somebody has stayed in an abusive relationship, if you know people that have been in one, this is why, because human beings are very fucking adaptable. And yep. the devil you know is easier than the devil you don't. You've heard that saying before, and it's really fucking true. So before you go slamming somebody, oh, why doesn't she just leave? Or why doesn't he just leave? Or why don't they just leave? Now you may yeah. have an idea of what. Leaving ain't so easy all the time, okay? Just saying. Not for me. I'm done with abusive relationships, honey. I'm too fucking old. But I know a lot of people <laughs> who have been, been in them. Some of them are still in them. I'm just saying don't be so judgmental when you know somebody who's having a struggle, you know, because there's reasons why people say, listen, my first husband beat the shit out of me, you know, and it still took three years to get away from him, but whatever, you know, just saying. And if you know somebody who's having that kind of struggle, try to be there for that person. I mean, you may not be able to take them under your roof, but at least try to be somewhat supportive, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you for saying that. I mean, I grew up in an abusive household and and I heard that so many times, you know, about, you know, why didn't my mother leave my father and things like that. And, And I think that what, again, I always try and focus on helping in the way that that person needs and can accept at that moment. You know what I mean? And somebody yelling in their face, why don't you just leave was never what she needed in that moment. And it it made everything more difficult, you know? And I I think that sentiment comes from a place of privilege, which is something that we're all going to have to check, you know, really soon because, you know, and be thankful for whatever
1: we do have, you know? Absolutely. I mean, my first husband was, extremely abusive, and uh, people telling me to just leave, well, first of all, I kept it a secret a really long-ass time because I was afraid he'd kill me, Um, but, you know, once you let that, and it, of course, you know, the abuse I suffered as a child from having an abusive father uh, definitely informed my decision-making, most of it shitty, when it came to men, you know, Fortunately, my taste in women is better than my taste in men. Sometimes, Um, you know what I'm saying. But like, if I'd been as picky about men as I am about women, my world would have been very different. But fortunately, I have a very, very wonderful husband. He's great, supportive. Lets me, you know, be my crazy ass self. But you know, I mean, people telling, people shaming me for being in an abusive marriage. Did not help at all. It never helped to say what's wrong with you. You know, it doesn't serve any purpose.
0: Yeah, it's victim blaming and it's not cool. Yeah.
1: No. You know, because you don't know know. the
0: circumstances. You know, my ex-husband was abusive and I went right back into an abusive, you know, household with my mother. Yep. And it, it was like yep. I couldn't afford to get away. Any chance that I had to get away was sabotaged. So there's also that. You know, you have to be very secretive about that kind of stuff. And when you have no friends and no money,
1: it, sure. it's, it's sure. insane. It's insane. Yep. Yeah, it's easy to be judged when, you know, if you're not living my life or you've never lived something that I've lived, don't, you can't mm-hmm. you can't be you know. And I just,
2: yeah, I just, yeah. that,
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know so many people are probably living with an exacerbated amount of fear right now because they're stuck with yeah. their abuser. Um, yeah. And I just hope. I I mean, I really hope that there is some kind of service or provision being made for that, where people can go and feel safe, because. It took a long time before I had the courage to, you know, break out of that marriage myself, you know. My mother never did. So until I left home, I was constantly, you know, with my abuser. It's amazing how you go from one to the next, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. It's, you know, (laughs) because
0: it's it's, in a sick way, it's comforting because it's what you're used to.
2: It's familiar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's familiar. Yeah. And the familiar is definitely easier to deal with than, you know, the scare of the unknown. But, you know, I just, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about what happens when this all ends. And I'm just wondering, you know, what do you, what do you think you're going to miss the most post pandemic? Like, cause things are going to change. How we interact is still going to have to change. What do you, what do you think? It'll be like going forward, Lilith. How do you think it'll be – how do you think this will affect your forward movement with people or your practice or, you know, what we do at festivals or anything? I
2: don't know. The first thing that came to mind, I'm in – you know, I was talking before about having a guardian, Arisha. My Arisha is Oshun, and she's, you know, in charge of love and beauty and all of those things. And I was talking to my mother on the phone yesterday about – my partner and she's like, "Oh, you can't kiss him. He's a dirty bastard." So I
0: was like, "Oh, damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> I was looking forward. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, uh, I was looking forward to kissing some of my poly partners, but that may need to wait a while. um But. Uh, <laughs>
1: Figured it out
2: yeah, before. I'm gonna... I'm sure we'll figure something out now. But, um, no, I mean, magically, I, I really miss, you know, I have a spiritual house here in Brooklyn, and, and I have maybe 10, 15 God kids that we come over and we do ceremonies and feasts together and we sing and we dance and we hang out and, you know, drink and have a good time and eat and all I'm that. Sure. And, you know, I mean, I'm going to miss until the time can happen when we can do that again you know what i mean it's not really something you can do with masks and gloves on and from six feet apart you know so that's going to be really hard it's going to be really hard you know figuring out how to navigate those things i'm used to doing really big i've done public ritual for three four hundred people you know i miss that dancing with mac i've we've did Bonnaroo and jazz fest and dance in front of thousands and thousands of people. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm an old deadhead. So the fact that I won't be able to necessarily have that kind of festival experience, pagan or not, really makes me sad because so much of my life was that way, you know, and, uh, yeah. And trying to figure out what that's going to look like moving forward, you know. It, it's going to be a lot. Like you said, they're adaptable. But, you know, we adapt really quickly. But on the other hand, it's going to be hard, I think, to adapt back even in a way. You know, I don't know if anybody else is having this, but you watch television and people are walking down the street. You're like,
0: move away from each other. You know, it's like, oh, no. yes. Yes. <laughs> like oh, we're already conditioned anxiety.
2: in that way, you know. So I think that getting back to just feeling comfortable whenever that's possible again, is going to be really hard, really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when Hollywood goes back to work, which they're going to have to do at some point, it's going to be interesting to see if social distancing gets written into, and I guess it's going to have to get written into new storylines and movies and everything else that we watch because that's, like the new reality but my feeling is is that once they find the vaccination that works that people are going to just go right back once we're all vaccinated and that's going to be a couple of years but I think once that's accomplished you know I I think once that's accomplished we're we're all going to be able to feel you know the main question will be can I take your temperature because we're all going to have like um, no-touch thermometers in our arsenal, because I do that at work now. I'm like the nurse at work. So I do all of the, the healthcare care info when we first get in in the morning. I take mm-hmm. all the temperature. And I think that's going to be, like, we're all going to be constantly filling out a form that says where we've been and if we've had a fever or a cough or a runny nose. I'm telling you, this yes. is what life is about. Right now, and I think that'll extend for a a little bit longer. But I think we're going to be okay. I think there's going to be another side. There's going to be the other side of this. Hopefully, they will get something to us before the fall. They may or may not. So the fall is going to be rough too. We're already planning for it in a sense. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think. But I think if you get enough people on board with doing the right thing. In spite of what the government is telling us, I think we can all try to maybe look after each other. It's really sad when you have to look to your governor, and I love your governor, just because I'm a formal <laughs> girl. But that's another story. He's an asshole, but it's our asshole. We love him. Um, you know what I mean? Like. Well, I mean, because he's, you know, oh, he's egomaniacal. I can't stand him. I'm like, fuck that. I love him. I'll take him all day, every day, twice on Sundays. I want my own asshole in there. Thank you. But anyway, I mean, I just think that we're going to Yeah, he certainly,
2: you know, said the hard things.
1: He says hard things, but he says honest things, you know, whether you like it or not, as opposed to the person who tells us, oh, don't worry, it'll magically disappear. Really? Why don't you magically disappear, dude? Just a saying.
0: bibbidi babbity boo bitch.
2: Yeah, really. <laughs> well, why don't you go inject some bleach?
1: But, yes, I agree.
0: Yeah. I agree. Right? Yeah, try it. You, I,
1: you first. Let me know how it works, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, we'll can you demonstrate?
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens to you first, then we'll decide. But um, Yeah. All right, so we, while we have, like, Four minutes left. Tell me uh, where people can hope to see you um, in, you know, before the end of the year. You know, all things working as we hope they will.
2: Okay. Uh, well, we're going to be having an online Witches fest, which is usually a street fair that we do here in New York City. So that's mm-hmm. great. That's gotten expanded. You know, it's going to be me and which Doctor Utu and Reverend Phoenix. And I think even last time I looked, she had, you know, Christopher Penzik and Matt Oren and uh, oh, even Lauren nice. Chabot was on the list. So we'll see if that happens. So Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, cool. that's what the list looked like as of yesterday when I looked at it. So that's going to be an online event that people can catch me at. Uh, Serious Rising, like I said, I've been there for 25 plus years now every summer. So that's going to be an online event that I'm going to be teaching at. Um, I think yeah. Hex Fest, which is usually our New Orleans event, that's probably most likely going to be online and you can see me yeah. there. And, uh, you know, I guess, People can contact me and, you know, food Universe at yahoo.com if they need a reading or a spell or anything like that. I'm still trying to hustle, nice. hustle because, uh, you know, a lot of these events are where I get a chunk of my income and none of that's happening anymore. So, um, yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: share hustle, those links hustle. For I've
2: done it before. I can I do it throw, again.
1: I will throw all those links up on the page. Hustle it up with me. We'll do it.
2: Cool sounds great yeah, yeah and everybody should get the book i was number one in spirituality and also tribal and ethnic literature as of you know last night so i'm really proud of that
1: my beautiful book. yeah you did a beautiful job
2: are you working on
1: another book right now
2: actually it's already up there and it's already done it comes out in <laughs> i think okay. the release date is up for first i have a Llewellyn book coming out on uh, Water Magic so people can pre-order that through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever
1: oh, okay I'm rebooking you as soon as we're off the air because I didn't know shit about this other book we're going to talk to this lady
0: <laughs>
2: I know I know I have two books coming out this year yeah yeah busy yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Crazy. well I am wishing you lots of peace and lots of love and I know sis does too and Absolutely. We are so we're so happy you came on and spent some time with us, and we're going to rebook you for the release in October. Damn it, I had no fucking idea. Anyway, I think <laughs> it's thank you so much for being on. Oh, with us. thank you. And, it was a joy. And it, the yeah, hour we went fast. You. We got to do it again. We got to do it again. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Definitely. Please buy the book. Please buy the book. Please buy the book. The book is great. The book. The book is Orisha. Orishas. I keep saying Orishas. I apologize. Orishas, goddesses, and Voodoo queens. The author is Lilith Dorsey. She's fantastic. Thank you again. We will talk to you soon.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Sis and I will, and, and I will be back in a half hour with Carrie Connor, author of Great Safe and Better Days. So we will talk to you soon. Regroup, get lunch. Awesome.
0: Yay! Bye, guys.